Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Tommy, Hector, and Larita podcast, wherever you are listening around the world. How's it going, guys? Are you able to tell us where you are? Yes, I'm on the road, Tommy, yes. I'm on the road. I'm, I am now in a little town called... St- <laughs> the top is going up. He's roasted. Sorry, I had to take off the jumper on best I'm with the heat there. there as well. I'm in, a, I'm in a best boutique hotel, which is like this place. It's got wine cor- carpet, wine curtains. It, it looks it's like, like a strip club. It's like... It's like uh, it's 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 trying to be a boutique hotel. There's a there's a smell of diffusers Ooh, and air fresheners everywhere, <laughs> and it's it's like it's it's grand it, compared to some of the. Where is it? We are in a town called Stara Zagora, two hundred and fifty miles from the Black Sea, two hundred and fifty miles from Sofia, and three hundred miles from the Turkish border in the centre. Is it near Lanesborough? <laughs> <laughs> it's just past Lanesborough, in on the left. <laughs> Just after the bridge, you take a left for Stara Zagora. Is it? it I know it's between Lansbury and Glasson. Exactly. <laughs> you drank it. You drank it at one night. You drank it at yeah. one night. So the, just beyond the dog and duck. The weather has the weather has been shit. It's been raining. In what way? Oh, it's been cold and wet. We had to go to Decathlon <laughs> in a town called Plodiv. Plodvid. <laughs> Decathlon. <laughs> this yeah. is like. So it sounds. Like it sounds like you're hallucinating at a Scrabble board. We were in it. Okay, so there's only two, three. There's only a couple of cities in this in Bulgaria. There's there's Sofia, the capital. After that, there's Plodiv, P O L D I V, and then there's yeah. Stara Zagora, and that's it. Yeah. Now you do know Victoria Place. Is it a country? Tell me this. Is it a country full of tunes? <laughs> <laughs> you you could say that we're travelling in a shitty fucking Renault van with seats like I'm in a lounge in Ireland in the 1970s. Compared to what I had in fucking Turkey, we had this flight fucking, oh man, your man could put on live television, he was putting on the soccer for us, Besiktas versus Fernabache, we had Wi-Fi, the driver was brilliant, his nickname was Carlos, uh, and every time he opened the door he did an umbrella, he was, we were treated like rock stars in Turkey, we crossed the border, which I have to talk to you about, but fuck me, the, the vehicle we have chosen here, it's got about 150 advertisements oh, on Jesus. the side of it, three rows of seats, and we've been in it for about eight, five or six hours every day. Is it smelly in there? In the van. 
Yeah. No, it's just all the equipment and all the bags and in and out and in and out and into the van and into the van. What happens when someone farts after three hours in the journey? Is it, you, ju- you just get used to it. So that's where we are at the moment, central central Bulgaria. And what's your sense of Bulgaria? What's your sense of it? Uh, the sense of this place is that it's like 1983. It feels as if oh, the right. buildings are the 80s. Altered images are on top of the pops. It, everyone on the Kajagugu, navs on the dole. Kajagugu, Ultravox, everyone on the dole. Tenement, dark buildings. Sometimes you see that it is changing and it will change, but there was 45 years of that of that Soviet hand down on all the countries around it. If, 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 yeah. I, if I may paint you a picture. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, yes, do, please. Okay, so I'm going to tell you that to my north is Romania. To, other, to the side of me is Serbia. Down to the other Jesus side is Croatia, Christ. North Macedonia and Kosovo. And then in underneath me are the Greeks. And then over to the... You're, s- in, a, you're, you're in a vortex of crack. <laughs> Which way will you turn for more crack? Jesus Christ. Fucking dungeon, dungeons and fucking I'm in, I'm in the, dragoons. I'm in the old oh. eastern block and it feels like that. Really, really does. Very interesting place. And there's, a, there's, there's poverty... And there's richness and then there's working class and there's coal mines and there's darkness and rain. And it's been lashing for the last couple of days, which we didn't expect. And I got to the Black Sea and I wanted to have a skinny dip or just hop into it. But it was cold. It was eerie. It was grey. And there's Russian fucking freighters going by and massive petroleum fucking gasoline tankers. And the Black Sea lived up to its name this morning when I went down there. Um, um, would being in a place like that get you down or is your, are you, is your spirit undefeatable? It, the, the guest house I stayed in last night would get, a, it, was, it, was, it was like staying in somebody's house. Evan has an amazing knack of finding these fucking shitholes. The worst accommodation. <laughs> so once you go into a house, well, there was a lady at the bottom of the stairs and it was a wooden type house near back from the beach. The wind was howling, it was raining, we were tired, we were fucking six hours on the road. All we want is clean shower and fucking get in and get in and get be safe. And then we had to open the door and there was a dog barking like a chihuahua. <laughs> and I went, this is not. And I turned to Evan, I said, this is not a guest house. This is somebody's fucking house. She's after closing that door from the kitchen. And then she just, there's not a word of English. Roscoe is now 900 flight cases, 200 cameras. Fucking, he's giving out. He's, he's, I want the, the, the room on the floor, on the ground floor. So he gets in first. Next minute, there was a cat yeah. coming down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> the dog is trying to get out the kitchen door and I'm going where am I staying and you and, you, and, and Todor the driver goes Hector you- Todor Todor <laughs> you just made his name up Todor is the driver but listen to this it's better he's a puppeteer <laughs> he's a puppeteer he's one of the great puppeteers of, of, of Bulgaria <laughs> that's what he does and I said to him what have you done? he says I'm, I'm a puppeteer I do puppeteer puppets and myself and my wife oh, are puppeteers Jesus. and I went what else do you do well he said I'm the voice of Shrek in Bulgarian <laughs> he's played all the fucking great cartoons he's a voiceover artist but anyway Todor said to us you're on the top floor well I had to fucking lunge me bag up the stairs and I got to a room and it was like cold and musty. And then there was pictures of a child on the wall. And then another one as the child got older with his girlfriend. So I was obviously staying in somebody's bedroom. And, and I had to All the family were in one room downstairs earning <laughs> yeah, yeah. a few quid. And then I, there was nothing. 
it was freezing and they had this big industrial eastern block fucking air conditioning thing that when you turned on it had that smell of dust and fustiness oh yeah oh yeah. Jesus and the net curtains were like shh, and it was just oh one of those nights God. I said to, I said to Evan I said Evan you fucking fairly picked them and was oh. this because it was just a really small little village small and there was no hotel there? Small little town on the there. Black Sea. We, we had a story to do there today uh, where I went and drank a load of illegal moonshine that they make up in the hills called Rakia. And you don't, and were you, did you get drunk? Uh, no, I had a couple of, it was, it, th- this, this place, this story, Rakia is the national moonshine. They're putching. It's made from, from fruit. They can make it with pears, with peaches, with damsons, with grapes. Grapes is the main thing at the moment. So anybody who has a bit of land and grows their grapes or grows any fruit would bring it to the Rakia distillery, like a putching distillery, the local guy. We walked yeah. into this place high up in the hills. Uh, all the, well, first of all, when you see a lot of Bulgarian men in their 60s and 50s and 70s wearing combats and boots, uh, you know you're in Jesus. a fucking dangerous place. These boys are all ex-coal miners. You don't fuck with them. They have all earrings and they don't speak a word of English. And they just open the door and of this sort of like a, an, an, at the back of a house, an allotment. We went down an alleyway wow. and into this amazing Putching still type place with a table, a chair. They had they had a sort of a, a, an eating area, and then they had the distillery, and it was all fire, massive massive pots, pipes, and they were firing in this fermented grapes and firing it in. So we spent the day with them. It was incredible. Not a word of English between them. Bulga- it was real, real rural Bulgarian stuff. And tell me, if it, if it's illegal, how come the making of it is so open? Or is the, do people just pay no heed to the government and the government pays, pays no heed to the people? The people of Bulgaria have been drinking rakia since time began. And I think it was, it was, the, it was, the, it was the drink of the coal miners and the drink of the, of the Eastern Bloc. And it was the drink of the people who had no money at the time. The only thing to keep them going here when the iron fist of communism was ruling this country was rakia. It was their go-to moonshine drink. There were distilleries in every little village. They were hidden away. The government try, have tried to stop them. We tried to get access to about 10 of them and only one of the guys decided that he'd do it on camera to us because it's 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 not, you don't publicise it, but it, 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 it's fermented grape uh, and distilled and then they leave it for three and four and five years in barrels and then they take it out and I, the only way I can describe it I have two magnificent litres of it and I'm going to bring Aww. it back I'm going to bring it back oh, hand luggage for the hen house and we are going to slug rakia in the hen house the minute I get back it's, Does it just taste like pudding? Sorry Tommy it, It's warm it's, it goes down really nicely. There's an amazing floral tastes of it. They they, they chop, chop some uh, bark from trees, really scented bark off certain trees, and they throw loads of things in to give it as it ferments in these barrels for years and years. And sometimes you get a 10-year-old rakia, or they won't drink it until about three years. It takes a little bit of a yellow. It looks a little bit maiwadi lemony, but by God, the taste, it was lovely. We sat there. They cooked a load of pig's ears and a bit of meat on the barbecue. They had homemade chutneys. And uh, there was something really nice about it. Uh, they were very kind, very open. And they, they, you know, after a couple of glasses of it, we all started laughing. I had a translator there as well. But it was, it was interesting to see that. It, was, it, it really is the putching of Bulgaria. And tell me, what did um, uh, you have for breakfast this morning in the, in the shit 
should B&B what did she, what did she right. serve up for you so it, the B&B was so bad I set the alarm for about a quarter to eight and then sometimes I don't know where I am when I wake up it's all a <laughs> fucking dream and, and then can I ask you one more question before you go when you're travelling uh, do, you, do you still sleep in the nip yes yes I do so you're but I didn't last night because I didn't want my body to touch the sheets so I put oh, on a track there's probably suit. cats in the bed I, I put on I put on a little track suit and I kept my socks on as well to get these <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying Tucked not to smell the tummy. I'm trying not to smell the pillow because if it's fucking not. <laughs> so sometimes what I do is I put a t-shirt of my own over the pillow and I'll dress the pillow in my t-shirt so I'll smell myself when I'm trying to go to sleep. And then I'll just think of fucking running around Claire. Then what I do is I try and think of go when I'm going for a run. I'm at home. I'm going for a run. And I'm at home. I'm now running here. I'll think of nice things. Nice things. Go to sleep, Hector. Go to sleep. And then you look at your watch. And would you be would you be annoyed at Evan then in the morning? Like annoyed? Saying, Never. He doesn't ever. give a. F- he doesn't give a flying flute. He's down there now. That lad is sleeping in a barn. That he's just he's from. So tell us, tell us what you have for breakfast. So then, Todor, I said, I said. <laughs> 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 Did you text him or was he in the bed beside you? No, he's downstairs with the other guy, Ruman, who's the other guy helping out and he's he's funny. He's a, a cameraman. So they're always up, strangely enough. But over here, there's no coffee shops. There's nowhere for breakfast because it's like there's oh. nothing here. It's sparse, Eastern Bloc. So every couple of hundred yards on the... On it's like the Lisbon Industrial <laughs> Estate on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Nothing going on. There's fucking nothing. Exactly, Tommy. You'd like driving red. That's closed. That's closed. That's closed. There's fucking nobody here. There's one car outside the AIB, and that's it. Oh, right. So, Toto, 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 I said, Toto, what are we going to do? Right. And then he goes, Oh, don't worry. We will sort breakfast later with down near the Black Sea. In other words, lunch. By the time we get out of here. So Roscoe's grumpy as fuck because he got 700 cables and 400 fucking plugs and 600 extension leads and 600 boxes and he's got to charge everything and load it in and big grumpy heading him. And then Todor ran off down the street and he came back with these tiny little espresso lavasa yolks. And I said, well, Jesus, Todor. Is there a coffee? Come First of all, they don't know. They don't do lattes. They don't know. They just do espressos. He said, "No, there's a machine every couple of hundred yards in Bulgaria called a lavaza machine on the side of the street, like a vending machine, and that's oh, what right, the okay. Bulgarians use. They go in and you pay about a euro." Less than a euro, 50 cents for a coffee, Tommy. And everyone is at the machines. These machines are, are sprinkled everywhere in the towns. So anyway, yeah. we did a bit of filming at the Black Sea. And because there's no oxygen in the Black Sea, I was giving it a bit of the old fucking geography from Simpats, saying there's no, this, it's, a, it's one of the only places in the world that has no oxygen. Therefore, the freshwater fish that stay on the top cannot touch to the bottom. So I was giving it socks. And then Todor goes, yes, we have breakfast organized. This is like half 12 at this thing. Oh, <laughs> and we're all grumpy we're grumpy it's raining we should be in fucking Bali but we're not we're in Bulgaria and we all are wearing decathlon clothes that we we brought flip flops and shorts and now we're in fucking hoodies and fleeces and uh, he said yes yes we have a place so we walked into a, everyone smokes by the way so you're always you walk yeah. into a restaurant the girl who's cooking the food is <laughs> oh no Hector come on that's that's She's sucking on a fucking 20 Benson and Hedges because everyone smokes here and the smell of smoke in the restaurants. And like we walk in and then Toto goes, I have food sorted for you inside. And we go in and the smell of cigarettes gets worse. And then we sit in and then these cold, 
omelettes came out with a slice of cheese. Oh, Jesus Christ. And a, <laughs> a and slice. A dash of I think they made them about half an hour earlier with three bits of cucumber, three bits of tomato, a slice of cheese and a cold omelette. And it was like... <laughs> I, and then I asked for a cappuccino and she, I kid you not they came out with a straw <laughs> stop it they fucking drink cappuccinos with a straw was that cold as well I, 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 oh, the cold omelette like, you want to see Roscoe's face and, and your man Toto was like yes good yes very good so anyway that's Bulgaria but apart from that they're beautiful people they're great people and there's a real feel of eastern block here and, and how, how much longer now are you going to stay there? So we've got another week or two to go, Tommy, and then we'll be back. In Bulgaria? No, no, no. We've got a couple of more days and then we're heading into Serbia, which will be very interesting. But I must say, oh, wow. I must say, I flew into Istanbul last week and of all the places I've been and fucking cities that I've seen, I swear to God, there is nothing that can, there is a feast, the visual and audio feast that you're getting from the moment you arrive in the city of Istanbul. I have never seen anything like it where I can stand in Europe and look across the Bosphorus and that's Asia, a city of 17 million yeah. people. I'll take a little wow. ferry across the road and I'm in Asia, Tommy. I can have a cup of tea in Asia yeah. and 50 and minutes can you late. actually do that? Ah, incredible. It's just one of the most amazing, exhilarating cities of, 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 of vibrancy it's like the old and the new and the turrets and the mosques and you can feel the Ottomans and the Romans and you can feel the fucking you just know that you're in a place the birthplace of fucking life I mean we think of Greece and Rome but Turkey Istanbul that's where it all happened and we had an amazing five or six days there never seen anything like traffic on one occasion I was four and a half five hours in a van trying to get from one story back to the hotel I fell asleep wow. I was snoring I got out of the Jeep, I went out of the van, I went for a coffee in the same traffic jam, right. came back and the, the traffic hadn't moved. And then four and a half hours later, we finally get, and the lovely driver, Carlos, he was apologetic and all that. But the traffic, traffic is the only bad thing about Istanbul. And come here, did you, uh, did you head out, out the country in Turkey? Yes, Tommy. Yes, we did. And what was that like? The minute we left, it was very interesting to see that, you know, Istanbul is but st- such a sprawling city that goes on forever. Yeah. And then the minute you get outside it, it's scorched brown earth very hilly and then almost agricultural left and right is just as far as the eye could see it's agricultural and it's working farms and small farms and holdings and we decided to go all the way down the Bosphorus towards the Dardanelles because we wanted to go to Gallipoli it was big that was yeah. big on the agenda that we wanted to get to Gallipoli to to see where you know so many Irishmen had lost their lives and <clears throat> we got down there after we stayed in another guest house which was absolutely Can you tell us the story of Gallipoli for those those of us who don't so, remember so, it? So you know uh, not uh, we'd I'd heard something about it in history back in the day and obviously the first world war and the allied forces so for the allied forces that were fighting the German empire against Germany and Austria back in 1915 the Allied forces were made up of many men and from all over the world and the Anzacs and the Australians. But in the middle of all of those was up to 4,000 Irish men fighting for whatever cause for the Allied forces, for the British Army. The Royal Munster Fusiliers and the Royal Dublin Fusiliers were the majority of the Irishmen that fought in World War One. And on April the 25th, 1915, I think it was, uh, they were sent from an island way off in the Mediterranean that the Churchill, who was given the orders, decided that they were going to attack from the flank in round the back and come up behind Turkey because Turkey, the Ottomans at the time, Turkey wasn't founded. They were supporting Germany. So they decided to come in from behind and outflank them. 
Little did they yeah. know that you don't mess with Turkish people on their land. They're passionate fucking football supporters. They're passionate people. Yeah. You don't fuck with the Ottoman Empire. And the boys came off the boat on April the 25th, two th uh, 1915, and they were slaughtered in groups of 10 and 15 and 20. And it's by who? By, by the, the Ottomans who had the higher ground on the right. beach, Tommy, as they waded in. As they, there was no landing craft that pushed up on the beach back then. Yeah, <clears throat> it was small dinghies with 10 men in each, a commander, a lieutenant, and then all the corporals. And as they landed on the beach, they were slaughtered from the higher position on those big uh, machine gun, the, the big uh, continuous machine gun. that the could fought, yeah. So come here, tell me, were, the, were the, the Turks then fighting with the Germans or were they just fighting on no, their own behalf? The Turks, were, the Turks were supporting the German Empire. The Ottomans at the time okay. were supporting the Germans. Oh, yeah, yeah. So therefore, they were landing in this southern tip of, of Turkey, the, uh, Gallipoli, a couple of hundred miles from Istanbul, an amazingly beautiful peninsula and a small little beach a headland and hills in the distance and then that's where the Irish landed a beautiful beach and the sun was shining when we got there and then you open this little gateway and you walk into a small cemetery that is dedicated to the men of the Royal Munster Fusiliers and the Royal Dublin Fusiliers and 265 bodies have been recovered and each one of them have been given a beautiful headstone with a small engravement and their name and their age and the day they died and a small little So tell us what tell us what the surnames were Well Tommy like I, and I was saying to Lorita I I, I, I I'm not I don't search these places out museums or cemeteries or that history you know I'm not a historical person even though I like I, I do have an appreciation of it but when I stood in that graveyard and I looked out to the sea and in front of me were the were the, were the names of all these young Irish men 21 23 29 26 Ferreter Folan it's all done alphabetical order Fitzgerald yeah. Dolan O'Brien, it's just O'Brien. And yeah. then it, I, I, it got, it was unbelievably powerful when I stood there on my own in this remote place in southern Turkey. And I saw name after name after name after name after name after young Irishmen who were lost their lives on that day. And they all... Gossens from the country. Gossens from the country, Tommy. From all over the country on April the 25th and April the 26th. But the, the, there was something beautiful and peaceful about it that they're remembered in such a nice way. And, and I was saying that the Todor told us that there is a local stonemason that has been assigned by the government who takes care. And there's a group of them and it's a fourth generation family thing down in these beaches where all the Anzacs lost their lives because thousands and thousands of Allied forces, international soldiers were slaughtered. <clears throat> Each of the graveyards are tended by the same family. That family have the job paid by, by the government to make sure that those cemeteries are looked after. And in between each of the each of the headstones were the most beautiful little plants and the most beautiful little rose bushes. And it was tended beautifully. And even though it was such a sad place, the sun was beaming down, the, the wind and the, it was just beautiful. The waves were coming in and I was looking at this beach going, this beach hasn't changed nothing. And I'm here with them now. <clears throat> And I really felt I was here there with them and I'm glad we did a really nice piece there. We spent a couple of hours and I talked to a historian yeah. about it and, and he painted a fantastic picture of how brave, how brave those young Irish men were as they lost their lives and they, they were like, they were blown to kingdom come as the Fury Brothers sing on the shores of Gallipoli. Tell me, wh when did the Turkish government, does it, so when did the government decide that the people, that the Turkish people were fighting against ought to be commemorated. Yeah. Like that's a kind of, that's, that's half a strange one, isn't yeah. it? 
I think I think the Turkish obviously <clears throat> Turkey wasn't known as Turkey back then. It was the Ottoman Empire run by the Ottomans. It was Ot- the Ottomans. So uh, there was a soldier in the Turkish army, a Michael Collins figure, a Porik Pierce, a leader who became the leader and the founding father of Turkey. He fought in that the Podioche of Turkey. <laughs> the Podioche. He was the Graham Garrity of Turkey. Oh, now you're he talking. Was, now you're talking. He was <laughs> really. Oh Lord. He was the Willie Joe Padden if I may say so, Lorita, oh. of Turkey. His name was Ataturk. Ataturk. Oh, yeah. And he is the man that you see adorning at the back of a taxi in a shop. You have to have his image. If you run a business in Turkey, you have to have an image of Ataturk. Can you imagine that? He's the man that allowed Turkish people, the Ottomans didn't allow surnames, and he would allowed Turkish people for the first time way back then to have a surname. He rose his way through the army, became a politician, and is the founding father of independence of Turkey way back in the day. And he was the lad that, that led Turkey away f- into a new world, and he's revered. Even though the new guy now, well, he's not new. He's the dictator Erdogan. He's Erdogan. He's on his last legs. He's this lad is trying to. He's allowing the Sharia law and the Muslim world to come in, but Istanbul and Turkey are fighting back because it's a modern society. They are very yeah. lax. Even though you can hear the call to prayer, it is not like other Muslim countries. There's a there's a real feeling of knowledge and enlightenment with the Muslims here, um, and they are tolerant of new lifestyles and and the new world because they have Asia and they have Europe. They're they're they've got that all going on. And tell me this, it is also a great country for moustaches. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You'd fit in brilliantly, you'd be, Tommy. You'd be perfect over there, Tommy. <laughs> the the big, thick, over. black moustaches we, in Turkey. We, I swear, we, we need to get on the road to places like this with the podcast. We need to go to a Haman where we can ho- go to a Turkish bath. Four o'clock in the morning, I got up for a Turkish bath the other morning. And I had my own... Why? I tell you why, because it gave you the opportunity to be in the nip. <laughs> Were you allowed go? Were you allowed be in the nip in the Turkish bath? Well, actually, you have yes. to. Yes, all he all he put around me was a little was a little slither of a little Turkish towel, and your man, yeah. your man had a Mohican and tattoos, and he naked and he bait me. Did he bait the shite out of you? Well, you sit in right, so it was a beautiful, beautiful marble, fantastic domes and the designs. Like it, it almost felt it was like going back in time, three hundred years old. We went in there at. Four o'clock in the morning, started filming at half five, there was nobody there. We had the run oh. of the haman, the smell of eucalyptus and the hot sauna. And then in we went, sitting on this hot marble plinth in this beautiful, huge Turkish bath. And he doesn't say a word to you. He just gets the hot water out of a bucket, comes over and completely washes you with it, fires it oh, on yeah. you, starts slapping your back. Then he goes, right, turn around, lie down, turn around. More buckets of hot water on you, slapping your back, pulling your leg up. And then with a lovely twist like a tea towel, he starts making bubbles out of this thing and he starts spraying me with bubbles and then starts massaging me. Now, wow. the massage is not nice. It's deep, it's painful. Yes. And then oh. he gets, the only way I can describe it, you know the little thing you clean the saucepans with? The scrubbers. The scrubbers. He gets a scrubber and he exfoliates your skin. And I swear to God, he went at me from my toes to Was my ears. Was it like ears, a Brillo pad? A Brillo pad. And he scrubbed me. And then he said something really oh. interesting. He said, you are clean now. He said, you are clean. Oh. At the end of it, when he bucketed more water, he washed my hair. He pushed my head down in between his legs instead of washing my hair. Oh, like, oh you, don't mess with, you don't mess with these guys. But then after it, he said, you have a clean, you are clean. All the you dead skin, victim. all the new what Hector. What did you say to me? Nothing. <laughs> um, tell me, what have you noticed about um, 
the difference between uh, women in Bulgaria and Turkey? Um, like Turkish women would be beautiful, kind of dark oh, skinned, incredibly beautiful. And are, the, are the Bulgarians a bit more squat? The, the Bulgarians are a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bulgarians are not like the Turkish ladies. Having said that, Turkey is being invaded by the. They call them the Gulfies, the Omanis, mm. and the Saudis. Navan Omanis. Manis. They're being invaded by the Gulfies who come down and spend their money and they get their noses done and they get their boobs done and they get their cheekbones oh, yeah. done because well, what about pla- the hair? You didn't get the hair done out No, there. but I was in a clinic and I, I was in a clinic and I have myself and Roscoe being referred. We spent a day in a clinic as well watching a lad from Manchester getting the hair done. And you didn't get the teeth done either while no, you were No, 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 but I have all the contacts now and I have my driver Carlos and we are all sorted. But uh, an amazing city of Istanbul. I cannot tell you. Forget New York. No, we'll go. We'll forget go. the whole lot of it. The most exciting city I think I've ever been in is Istanbul. And what do they do for crack there? Like, are they dancers? Are they drinkers? Are they? They love. They love coffee and they love tea and they love alcohol. They love food and you can do whatever you want in Istanbul. And they love soccer. I went off with a load Did of. Did you go to a nightclub or anything? <clears throat> no, because it's they're still it's still closing. Like things are a bit. Oh, what's what's the COVID situation over there? COVID in Turkey, they're doing pretty well, but they took the Chinese vaccination. Erdogan obviously did a deal with the Chinese where he bought the Sinovac. Yeah. He bought four hundred and fifty billion doses of Sinovac <clears throat> off the Chinese buy right because because Turkey played the game. Russia, they're very friendly with. They play the game because of where they are. And the Sinovac doesn't work. So now the hundreds and hundreds of millions of people that don't have the, the vaccine have to go and get it again. Anyone that's travelling with us has to go, have to have the Pfizer jab and because they're in the car with us close contact. Yeah, but when we got to Bulgaria, <clears throat> it's very sad here because only 20% of the population, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's to do with the, po- with, with the level of income and stuff and it's not available and the government aren't pushing it out as much. So 20% in of Bulgaria, the popula- In Bulgaria, there's not much vaccine, is no, it? No, no. It's, it's and sad. is there much COVID there? No, oh, there is a lot. There's, a, there's thousands of cases every day, but you, you don't see it. We're sort of locked away in our own little bubble where everyone else is tested. But I wear masks all the time and we sanitise the hands and we just have to be careful. I suppose like in Ireland, you um, know. So the uh, Turkey has a border with Iran. Yes. And Syria, Tommy. And Syria. So and it, it would be um, Kurdistan, like Kurdish Iran would be up again as well. So is there a huge thing of... Uh, refugees trying to cross the border from both those countries into Turkey and Turkey's kind of saying fuck off to them we're not going to you're not going to be coming in here now yeah but the, the 5 million people have crossed the border from Syria into Turkey like get that into wow. your head 5 that's million a that's a lot of people oh, yeah. Erdogan Erdogan is trying to give a lot of citizenship to refugees because he wants to increase his power with the, in the Muslim world the Islamic world are the main voters for him there's a massive young population in Turkey who want change I mean, there's something like, I don't know, well over 50, 60% of the population are under 35 years of age. And they are the new Turks that want to live in the new world. Erdogan is a very, very powerful man with his Islamic ways. And he wants new voters to come in and he's celebrating the Islamic ways. That's why he loves the Gulfies coming in. But Turkey is, is, is because of its geographic location. It's not, neither European nor Asian. They just want to be in the middle of it. And they're celebrating that every which way they can, which is a brilliant thing. But five million refugees have come in for good or for yeah. bad into, into Turkey. 
uh, and a lot of people aren't happy about it. But Erdogan is playing the game. He plays a game with Russia. So, he plays a game with Ukraine. He plays a game with Georgia. He plays a game with Albania. He plays a game with all of them. And it's a, he's a very powerful player in that, in that area down there. I'll tell you, Hector, I was watching a bit of Billy Connolly uh, the other night and uh, he is... Uh, himself and yourself have an awful lot in common you're both very very natural storytellers and if ever you were inclined to get up on stage and just go yapping man it, you'd, it'd suit you like a, a duck to water <laughs> absolutely no problem to you Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget friendly coverage for you learn more at UH1.com hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, you've been in Bulgaria and Turkey and all these small little towns. Larita, have you been down to Foxford or Swinford or <laughs> just to, just to Ballina, Tommy? <laughs> you up to Ballina? Like nothing more exciting than that. So, have you been for the past week? What have you been up Good. to? Well, I've been kind of sick, so I haven't really been doing a whole pile. And uh, we've got club championship this weekend, so it's all kicking off again. And it's make or break for Knockmore. So we we're county champions, but we either win this weekend or we are gone out of the championship for this year. So Okay, so will you lift yourself out of the bed no matter what state you're in? And oh yes, I will, yes. I, I've been uh, out of the bed anyway because I'm ha- having to look after my father, so I have been out of the bed anyway um, for the last week. But that's pretty much oh. as exciting as my week has been. And would you not be afraid of, of giving, of, would you not be afraid of giving your father whatever no, it is you he's have? No, uh, he's, he's got every vaccination known to man. He's got <laughs> his third Pfizer, he's got a flu vaccine and uh, needs must, I suppose. You have yeah. to take the chance. So he see, I'm you. You're both having great adventures. I'm stuck in this tunnel of 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 work. Tommy, Derek. Well, it's girl. just that it's the same thing every day. It's kind of like, like it's up at five thirty. It's I have to have a shave and leave the mustache on. Then I get in a car, and then I'm on set, and it's I'm there till I don't get back to the hotel till about half seven at night. And you just be wrecked. So you're you're kind of. And can you sleep when you go to bed? Like, would you, would you go to bed at like eight, nine o'clock, or would you be just too tired? To so you have to have a double espresso when I come in just to get through the emails, <laughs> and and then so I'd be I'd be slightly wired till about eleven, and then I'd be lying there tossing and turning at twelve, there you go. and at one I'd eventually fall asleep, and the alarm goes off at half five. That's a, that's a rough zone. It is. It's very intense work, you know. Um, but it's it's the same thing day after day. You know, so I don't. I have nothing to be telling you. There's and Tommy, nothing to say. Tommy, in the back of your mind, and I know you, it's funny because you don't you don't dwell on what you've done. Like on a show, you won't watch it back or whatever. You've often said that. 
uh, are you are you getting a good vibe of your performance? Are you getting are you getting feedback at all from the director? Are you happy the way it's going? Um, no, you'd never be happy. I wouldn't be happy anyway. Even when I scored for Liverpool against Man United, I wasn't happy. <laughs> and you were waiting to do that all your life. Even when you were goalkeeper for Simonstown, never happy. Yeah, saved a penalty on Alan Cantwell with the leg. It wasn't class. happy. Um, uh, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where you don't. Um, uh, you do. You do take after take after take. And I would often feel lucky if I got one half right. Oh, stop, Tommy. You know what Come I mean? On. Give yourself some credit. What I'm telling you, I'm only, I'm only, uh, I'm only yeah. letting you know like what's what it's like. I know. But a lot of actors would be in the same position. You know, you just kind of. Uh, but it's a it's a pleasure to be doing the work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The day goes. The day does go by fast. I should have sent um, you a link during your um, lunch break today. There was a really exciting thing happening in Mayo today. So there's a new road from. Ballina to Dublin and it's been done in stages what? so at Swinford there's a really bad bridge if you remember if you know when you're going I from know Foxford yes. to Swinford I know, it's yeah. pretty shitty just past bridge. Tiernan's shop was that Foxford yeah. where's the Tiernan outside, Brothers Fisher's yeah, shop yeah that's in Foxford and then you go outside yeah. of, you're on the, well you're on the wrong road there but you go to Swinford and before you come yes. to Swinford in a little place near Colaster there's a bad bad little bridge there going across the River Moy and what so, happened they're put, is there a troll underneath it or something? They're putting a new bridge in and there oh, was yes. live coverage today streamed live for everyone to watch around the world and uh, yeah. I was talking to some people who drove past the old road today and there was hundreds of people out watching them build Huge and moment. lay the new bridge. They welded it all together on side and then they lifted it with a big crane and uh, put it down so it's all you know it's so exciting Tommy will, you will, what did it look like it took hours and hours like it was a live stream for will that be on mega so structures that'll be on mega structures on, on Discovery probably yeah probably or just but what does the bridge look like Louisa is it like so there was a, an old they built a new road. stone they bridge they built a new road you see they're bypassing that bridge now so you can still go on the old road because I know you like taking the old roads but the slow road the slow road but this is a new bypass You're by, they're bypassing that's amazing Swinford. and what how many minutes will it save I don't know, like, but it's just exciting that we're getting a new road, like. Where is the road that has all the crosses by the side of it? All the little white oh, crosses. Oh, yeah, I think that's if you that's go on, to that's Sligo to Boyle. I think it's that way, isn't it? If yeah. you go to Boyle. Do you ever drive that, Hector? Yeah, I've seen it. I, a, so it's if you go, if, do you know what you're Ballisadere, coming out? As you're, I think. And if you go from yeah, Ballisadere down to... If you take a, le- do you know, as you're coming from Dublin on the motorway, yeah. and you go, you're past the Apple Green, and you've had the coffee yes. and the croissant and the egg sandwich, and you you go yes. left for Galway, and you go right for Mullingar and Slice. Yes. Well, if you keep ploughing on that, and plough on and plough on till after the motorway stops, and plough on and plough on, you come to this stretch of road, and it's it's ghastly gooly. There's about eight or nine miles of little white crosses by the side of it to remember all the poor souls who lost their lives there because of the uh, the danger of it. But I wonder, but I, is that, like... Is that near Edgewardstown? Is that near Edgewardstown in Longford or no, somewhere? I Further on? So. Towards Sligo, I think. Jesus. What were you saying about Lucia? It, it was, it's like, there's an awful lot of them. Like, would it have represented all the people that were killed on that stretch of road? Or is it just a kind of a... A holy thing. monument or something? I th- I think it's great actually. I think whatever encourages people to slow the fuck down. I like slowing down as I go by Crushine. You know when you see your man who has all the ducks Getting and the swans. Getting speeding that'll keep you. That'll that'll get you. That'll get yeah. you to slow down. Check your rear view mirrors and stuff like that. I I got caught. 
I got caught there recently, so he told me to keep an eye on his my rearview mirrors. Lorita he was following me for quite some time. I have a bag of condiments here. Uh, I have oh condoms, uh, I, oh. <laughs> condiments Sorry. from my local doctor. I've got every sort of yolk that we need for anything when we're on the road. I'm worried about you there. You're very nasally. And what are you taking? Oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm absolutely. I'm a hundred percent better than I was last have week. You, so I'm, have I'm you ready had a for hot the beer. I'm ready. I'm ready for alcohol again. I'm ready for uh, socialising again. I've missed out on it big time. Hector, and while you've been away, I saw a headline in a paper, uh, O'Hokogon strikes again. So, Oh, yes. Uh, well, Tell us about your pride in your gossip. Well, um, the youngest lad taught me and his mother uh, is very proud. And or your wife, as she's also known His as. mother, who brought him into the world. His granny... Yes. Lord rest Trina, my mum, would be yes. very proud, a proud Tume woman. Because if you made the Tume Herald, and I must say on a, on a, on a thing, I'll get a, it was a great write-up. The Tume Herald is writing such fantastic pieces on juvenile football up and down the county, and especially when it comes to county finals and semi-finals. They do a brilliant... Because, Hector, that's very interesting because you, you've, you've kept that information <laughs> to yourself until they wrote about your gossip. That's amazing. You're, the, you're, the, you're, the, you're, you're in such high praise of them, but it's only when they go... The level... Tommy, the level of journalism in the Tume Herald Sports Department is... You wouldn't hear it in you wouldn't hear it, you wouldn't get it in the Sunday no. Times. You wouldn't get it in Writers, and you wouldn't get it no, anywhere. The Independent, the Guardian, any of them. So tell us this, the Tomb Herald. Tell us the story of your gossip. <laughs> cut, cut the horla. Well, Tommy, it's a historic moment for Balia Clara Galiva because we are both. They have won both North Board Under Seventeen A and B wow. finals. The older brigade with Rean are into a county final against the winners of Mike Cullen and Currafin, and that will happen in Pier Stadium hopefully in a couple yes. of weeks' time. But the great news is that the younger Gossens, the bold young boys coming up, Shane is only 15 and they're playing under Jesus. 17B. That's now, a big That's now a, big now that's a battlefield. That Tommy, that's a battlefield. You're on about the shores of Gallipoli. Oh, there's yeah. fucking, there's Batons and Lambs to the Slaughter in places like Killannan and in Cartoon okay. Shamrocks. You're up against Mountain Atatok Men. wouldn't have a chance against fucking Cartoon Shamrocks. <laughs> you can come up against Cartoon Shamrocks and it's like Lambs to the Slaughter. Big boys. So Shane... Uh, Look, at, he's, he's, he's been going well and the other day, didn't he score 1-4 in the, in the North Board <sighs> final and uh, semi-final and got man of the match, a proud day in Tume Stadium and they walked away with the, the North Board title. But I was so happy for him because he was a small lad. He was the smallest lad in the team, but he got a growth sport last year. No more are we going to stand at the wardrobe and put the little marks on it. Dad, where am I now? And he's like, down there. Dad, where am I going to grow? But by Jesus, he's grown. And uh, he scored some lovely points. He, he scored 1-4 and assisted the two goals. But he sent me a video. Like they do now, it's all there. It was recorded and somebody had a FaceTime or a video or whatever and he sent me a picture, a, a little 40-second clip and he said, Dad, have a look at this one off the left. Wow. Well, I was lying in a hotel in Turkey <laughs> and I swear I played it fucking 500 times because he got a quick ball into his chest. He dummies your man, soloed a uh, hop dummy and whips it like a young Bernard Flynn wow. over the bar and then I, I just texted him back one word. I said tasty <laughs> and he just went with a smiley face Louis you say I said it to you the oh, other week there. I'm very proud of them very very proud of them Hector so where so you're down to the to Serbia and um, yeah. those kind of places we'll, 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 do, wow. we'll do Serbia and we'll Did have you get that any done, points Hector anywhere 
No, we've been drinking some really Sagorskis and Kamaninskis and all these really strong Racehorses. Eastern Block lagers. Say helicopters or something. <laughs> Eastern Eastern Block lagers, three of them, and it's rocket fuel. Uh, what's your energy like on the road? Like, are you because uh, you started off doing this game when you were what twenty seven <laughs> 20, or twenty eight, and you were just yeah. you were hopping just off wall to wall. Tommy, that for twenty years we've been doing this, maybe three months a year. So I've stayed nearly four years in hotels. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived for about four years in You should do a travel guide oh, yeah. on hotels tra- around yeah. the world. Oh yeah, I'll put in that guest house last night. We'll, oh my God. Hector, we'll have your funeral in a hotel. We'll bury inside <laughs> under the bed. <laughs> the wardrobe. Oh, oh the infinite wardrobe. La trencha infinita. You could come in the wardrobe and out the other way. But uh, no, the energy's fine. We're eating okay. Uh, the food isn't bad. It's goulashes and it's so- soups. And they love lamb and they love horse over here and they love kebabs. Good. Did you eat horse? Not yet, but it's on the menu. It's in the, it's, it's cured horse uh, everywhere we go. They love lamb and they love salads and they love cucumbers. They love eggs. Uh, cool eggs. It's, it's not. It's not bad. It's not bad. So Soups what, are nice. What do you think the difference is between the Hector of twenty seven and the Hector of fifty two in terms of oh, uh, of, of working the road? Uh, sometimes I get awful fucking grumpy and I be there looking at the window. I have to. I have to put me fucking headphones on to get into the <laughs> It's like you the fucking have to get myself psyched up for this for fuck's sake even though like some places give you energy like Istanbul but when I was in the car there yesterday the lashing rain at about 20 oh. to 5 in the middle of Bulgaria and I'm fucking freezing there's a I'm, I'm, I'm fucking damp old fucking van and we're not, where we stayed and where we go and we get to the Black Sea and it looks like an abyss of darkness and the fucking, fucking puppeteers driving the car <laughs> then Toto the puppeteer goes we're staying in this lo- we're staying in this lovely traditional guest house and then your know, one is fucking at the bottom of the stairs with a fang and the dog is going the chihuahua and I'm going what the fuck are we doing why are we doing this to ourselves and then and then we're on the whatsapp group we don't talk to each other because we just whatsapp now <laughs> up of each other's company and you're in the bed dressed head to toe with a phone fucking t-shirt on the pillow we go to we go to the rooms and we go well what are we doing and and Ross is going I don't give a fuck and then Evan goes oh okay anyone hungry and then I go I'm sleeping in a fucking boy's bedroom who I don't fucking know (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like for fuck's sake. So then, when we do get to a nice hotel, it is so nice. I go straight to the bat. <laughs> straight to the bat. Did you did you see the gossip whose bed it was when you were driving away? Coming <laughs> out of the shed. Out the window. No, but like in Istanbul, I stayed in the Grand Hyatt, this luxury five star hotel yeah. where it was all beautiful, modern. I had a bat. I had about four bats one day because I was fucking bored. I was just <laughs> lying in there watching. So, uh, the, the Thieves of the Night Jan de Vick the 17th century Flanders thing like the Glass Kingdom Uthred son of Uthred yeah. I've done the whole fucking 10 hours already but look at then we th- we found a lovely little place last night to go for two beers down by the sea again they were all smoking cigarettes when we went in and uh, we had two or three beers in this little place by the water came back I put on the 1920s air conditioning thing the fusty smell he, oh you he went back to the he, house oh god we had to get out of the house you can't spend too long in these places because it's not good the wind no. was coming in the top floor is there any uh, television in the bedroom or anything no I don't I haven't watched television and that's something I'm doing now I'm taking Tommy's advice I don't care about telly anymore yeah. I don't watch it I'm not interested in television that's because you're anymore. in a different country 
No, yeah, maybe Bulgarian folk dance television, but I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch telly. I don't care about the results. I haven't a clue. I heard Ireland won a game the other day. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm trying to get into the world over here of be where you are. That's the key to yeah, be where and you they are. Don't speak a word of English. And when I, I'm in the middle of a distillery in the mountains with these boys drinking rakia, and there was a guy beside me, must be in his 70s, who worked in the coal mines all his time. And to hear his language being spoken yeah. across the table, there's a lovely Slavic Russian feel to the language here, that Slavic barbarian type. These people told that the, the Romans to fuck off and the Ottomans to get out of here. And the Bulgarians are, um, they're a tribal people. And they're, they're very, they're, they're not, we don't Stoichkov, know a lot about Stoichkov, them. Stoichkov. He was the great But energy-wise, Tommy, player. plenty of coffees, a few beers at night time. I find if I have a beer every night, then it's in my system. If yeah. I leave it for a few days oh, and have yeah. a few beers, then Good idea. I'm reaching for the Well, I'm Hector, can I just say, killers. it's an absolute privilege to hear your stories from the road. You're, uh, oh, thanks, lads. And, you know, you're I, up I there with really Billy Connolly, in, in my mind, as uh, one of the great natural oh. storytellers of oh. the world. So, thank you very much for listening, everybody, this week uh, to the episode. As you can probably tell, uh, I'm in a hotel room in... Um, Belfast. Larita is in uh, a hotel room in her house in Knockmore, and Hector is on the road. Tasha Harsalia, Ach Baisherash. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. God bless and good luck. Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 